It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Took a little bit of a break from the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator search, but we're going to get back on that news because some new names have entered the fray. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into our damage report caused by the Carson Wentz trade. And Chris, are you ready to win money in FedEx, even if the Commanders don't? We talk about all of that right now on Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Commanders fans? Welcome to this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And of course, we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I'm David Harrison. He is Chris Russell. Both of us are credentialed members of the media covering your Commanders. Chris is doing it for Team 980, where he and Pete Medhurst Literally just got off the air, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, Monday through Friday. They're live with you there or anytime on the Odyssey app. And me, myself, I'm writing for Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Sorry, real quick for the slight delay in the live. Uh, if you can tell on YouTube, my camera is completely washed out. I have no idea, and I was trying to fix it. Uh, and Chris was very patiently telling me that we had to go live. So here we are in my... I just the light of knowledge is just shining on me, Chris. I'm about to drop some gems on people. I think that's what's happening. Well, normally they're complaining about me and my apparently shaky uh, 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 digital hookup or, uh, uh, you know, internet or, or whatever, which, listen, I control what I can control. You control what you can control. You know, it's like um, it's like you're shining, like you said, the, the beacon of knowledge from uh, from the mountaintop. Uh, of of commander land to command central you are taking command of all i don't know where i was going with that anyway uh, before i say something i regret uh this episode is brought to you by our friends at linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on NFL. All right, David, let's get to it because there's a lot of news. Like you mentioned, we've been uh, separate the last couple of episodes of of the week, so together to round out the week. Uh, And here's where we're at. We know that the commanders have interviewed several candidates, uh, including Ken Zampezi, their quarterbacks coach, uh, and and, and Charles London, the Atlanta quarterback coach, uh, and Pat Shermer earlier this week. Now, according to John Kime of ESPN and others have confirmed this as well, Miami assistant head coach and running backs coach Eric Studisville uh, will interview on Monday, and Rams assistant head coach, tight ends coach Thomas Brown, will interview at some point next week for the vacant offensive coordinator position. Now, before we get into the analysis of this, I, for one, am glad that they're not making a rush decision. Uh, Of course, it's a process, but the the bigger the process, the slower the process, I believe you truly get, A, ideas and input, and B, you also tend to make a better decision. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason not to cast a wide net here. This is a very important decision. Uh, in fact, we might look back on this, you know, a year, two, three years from now, uh, and, and we might be able to point to this decision as being one of the ultimate decisions that led to Ron Rivera and the rest of his staff either being retained because they developed a winning program or eventually being let go because this work didn't work. This move didn't work either. And, uh, you know, it ended up resulting in people, unfortunately, losing their jobs. I think out of those two names, I know we've got more to discuss here as we go through, but out of those two names, I think the one that really intrigues me the most is Miami coach Eric Stoosville. And the reason being is because a lot of what Washington failed to do correctly last season was really exploit the short and intermediate part of the game to help set up the deep game, deep game, right? So much so, like in the NFL these days, a lot of people say the short passing game is an extension of the running game. Well, if you go to old school uh, football, I wouldn't say old school, but like 90s, early 2000s, the running game is then used to what? Set up the deep pass, play action, and open things up downfield. So if you look at that, well, then the short game really is an extension of that as well. It also is used by teams today to try to set up the deep ball. You look at the Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they use those guys on a lot of screens, a lot of quick slants, and a lot of quick hitters. Where does that sound familiar? But they do it in order to try to set up the deep ball with a quarterback into a tongue by Loa that doesn't have the greatest deep arm in the National Football League. But the way they were able to find success before a lot of the concussion issues started happening, like the Miami Dolphins in the very first part of the season were really a very, very hot team and kind of stayed at least relevant right up until really the end of the year and, and the collapse, which is why some guys are losing their jobs. But the we the reason they were able to do that is they were able to take a quarterback that had enough arm, right? Not the greatest arm, but enough arm, enough athleticism, and enough intelligence in their scheme to make it work against what defense were trying to do. And the, the thing I like about them the most about it is they were creating a new approach to every opponent. And that is what you need in today's NFL as a coordinator that can look at every team as a blank canvas and paint a new picture, even if you're using the same colors. Right. I know Thomas Brown is highly thought of, just to add uh, an element of, of uh, knowledge on him. Uh, I know uh, my colleague J.P. Finley over at 106.7, the fan in Odyssey, D.C., has been stumping uh, for him. And, of course, um, you know, look, you, you come from Sean McVay's system. You're, you're kind of thought of uh, in a different way, right? Even though McVay and the Rams struggled, you're kind of thought of in a different way, whether you're really good or not. You're just given an ode to, well, okay, he's coming from McVay's system. And of course, McVay came from Jay Gruden and Mike Shanahan and so on and, and, and the Grudens. Um, you know, you're automatically going to be given a little tip of the cap. One, uh, one quick note on Studisville uh, that you mentioned, uh, and this is from our buddy Teresh uh, at Tegna, who always comes up with unbelievable connections. He just posted one. Apparently, Studisville's wife at one point was a professional women's basketball player. She played in a league and for a team in Chicago. The head coach of that team was Stephanie Rivera. I think you might know the connection. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody should know. <laughs> Fair. Um, so just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. Um, no. Not saying that that will go into the decision, um, but but just keep that in mind. That's a, a really interesting connection. Uh, before we get to some of the comments here, just to, so we stay on on track, Greg Roman parted ways with the Ravens on Thursday, David. Byron yeah. Leftwich was fired by the Bucks. Is there any better fit in your mind right now from the coaches we know are available? Uh, than Greg Roman in terms of the stated fit of no. Ron Rivera. I mean, from the stated what they want to do, no, there, there's not a better fit. And if everything goes sideways with Lamar Jackson, the way that a lot of people think it's it's going to in Baltimore, 
Lamar has had a lot of success, would probably be okay with joining Greg Roman. What what concerns me, and and you know, I don't take it's not an RG three thing, so don't take this as a slight towards RG three. I don't take anything that any one person says with a hundred percent value, just because we're we're all different. We all see things a little bit differently. But RG three kind of tweeted out that you know the whole thing with Roman is that a lot of receivers mm-hmm. didn't want to go to Baltimore not because of Lamar, but because of Greg Roman and because yeah. of that system, and it wasn't receiver friendly. So. While I, I, you know, if you want to go run heavy and all that, that's fan, that's fine, that's fantastic. But you got Terry McLaurin, you just invested a first round draft pick in Jahan Dotson, you got Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown uh, is still continuing to hopefully grow, and who knows what you're going to add here uh, in the NFL draft here in a few months. You can't just come in here as an offense coordinator and say those guys don't exist. And I don't think Greg Roman would do that. Like I don't think Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew would let a guy come in and do that. So he's going to have to come up with something to scheme open the you know the rest of the field. And I just kind of wonder if maybe that was Greg Roman or maybe that was Greg Roman knowing Lamar Jackson's limitations and not wanting to expose them through his own scheme, force others to expose it. So I don't know. So and, and maybe that relationship is not going all that well, to be honest, behind closed doors. Maybe Lamar doesn't want to come to D.C. with Greg Roman. So, you know, it definitely fits the the mentality. Uh, I just, you know, when I see a, a former player and someone who's obviously in the DMV area and probably has some friends around kind of talk about other players not wanting to play for this guy especially such a valuable position in a passing league, that does give me a little bit of pause. All right. Uh, quickly, uh, just quick shout-outs to uh, Joe Dixon, the Hawk, uh, Eric, and Alonzo. Thanks, guys, for watching us live as we do this uh, here. Uh, and uh, and Hawk actually brings up Go Leftwich. You cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well for the Locked on Bucks podcast and writing. Many, yeah. Some might know that. Some might not know that. Um, is Byron Leftwich a viable candidate in your eyes for the Washington commanders. The the problem with Byron is that the offense that the Buccaneers ran in 2020, when they won the Super Bowl in 2021, when they set some more franchise records and, you know, Brady had an MVP caliber season and they were doing all these great things was mostly, I would say 70 to 80% Brady and Bruce Arians mm-hmm. mentality, right? Then the 20% was Byron. Hey, dude, here's the playbook. Here's our scheme. Here's how we want to attack this opponent. We need you to go out there and basically call, you know, call, conduct the orchestra. But the music has already been written, if I can put it to you that way. This year, the the sheet music was much more Byron's, much less Tom's, because that's the way Todd Bowles runs it. Todd Bowles is more of a coach guy, where BA is much more of a player's guy. And so what my understanding is Byron had, I would probably say 50 to 60% control of the offense. Whereas before he had about 10 to 20% of the offense. So now you're seeing him with 40, 50% increase in responsibility and control. And you saw what it produced. It did not produce good. And it was very, very uncreative. The the lack of creativity was frustrating from a week, week in week out basis. That is ultimately concerning. And you're talking about a coach Ron Vera and Martin Mayhew, the GM said they want to be a run first team. This is the worst running team in the National mm-hmm. Football League. Mm-hmm. And some of that, yes, is because of the offensive line issues, granted. But it's also because you never tried anything different. Week in, week out, for 18 weeks, 17 games, and then the wild card, it was the same rushing attack, the same methods, the same plays the entire season, all the way down to the point where the Dallas Cowboys knew Tampa Bay's hand-and-arm signals on the field, even though they played them all the way back in week one. And then they played them again in the wild card round. That's how much this offense did not develop as the season went on. So it sounds like David Harrison, not exactly a... Byron's a great guy. 
I would like to see Washington hire a different coordinator. Okay, that makes sense. Coming up, where did it all go wrong for the Commanders in 2022? We'll try and answer that. If you want to chime in on that in the live chat, please go ahead. Where did it all go wrong for Washington in 2022? But first, this episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. You know, as a small business owner, hiring manager, you know, success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with, right? You need good coordinators, you need good supervisors, you need good employees. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates that efficiently match open roles uh, with the people that have the skills, value, and experience that you are looking for. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your job in post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applications based on your job applications all on one platform. So here's what we want you to do. LinkedIn Jobs helps you again find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thanks once again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view each and every day. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis of the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday and Monday. Local insiders cover the weekend in game-to-game episodes. It's Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever You get your podcast. All right, David. So you had an exchange um, from your uh, episode this week. Uh, You got a post. um, And basically, just to summarize it, because we don't have time to read it all. uh, Mm -hmm. A fan basically spelled out what he thought when or when he thought it went all wrong. And when the season was doomed in 2022 for the commanders, his answer was the Carson Wentz acquisition. And I would say, look, It's easy to say that in hindsight, but before we answer where we individually felt it all went wrong, is it possible, is it possible in your mind to think that a season, a franchise's existence or a a franchise's existence within a season could go wrong six months before the season even began? Here's, here's what I would say. And, and so shout out to impervious 99 on YouTube. And it wasn't actually a comment on my episode. It was on the one before that one, but I okay. noticed when I was going through comments, yeah, it doesn't matter either way. The comment is the same that, yeah, basically the season was lost on Carson Wentz. And, and the point that he makes is that the money, you know, dedicated to Carson because the commanders did take the entirety of the Colts contract with Carson uh, prevented them from bringing in additional free agents. My, I guess, counterpoint to that, that point alone would just be, I don't know how many free agents were coming to Washington anyway. And quarterback wise, uh, Russell Wilson turned them down. He wasn't the only one that wasn't interested in coming to the DMV. In fact, uh, Ben Sandig of The Athletic actually wrote uh, in an article recently that if Carson had his choice, he probably wouldn't want to come to Washington himself. And, you know, I think there's some validity to that. We all know why. Um, 
The other part of it was it the lack of development of Sam Howell. And, and that's kind of where this thing gets interesting because this is where you really split into an alternative alternative dimension. If Carson Wentz isn't on the roster, the Washington Commanders draft Sam Howell, I think, probably in the third round. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're not waiting to the fifth round. Um, they had a much higher grade on him. I think, you know, from, from what I understand, they had a second-round grade on him. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he was there, they might have pulled the trigger in the second round, to be quite honest yeah. with you then. But the fact that he was there in the third, they definitely would have drafted him there. They drafted him in the fifth. I'm 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 saying this from my perception to protect Carson Wentz's uh, feelings and his ego. Um, so that's a whole different mess that we can't possibly untangle on this show. Um, so I will I'll, I I understand that point, but I'm just going to say like there's really no way to untie that. Here's where I think the season was lost, Chris, because we've since found out that since the firing of Scott Turner, that Scott Turner was never really on board with Carson Wentz being the quarterback of his offense in the first place. Ron Rivera essentially pushed Scott Turner into well to push Carson Wentz on Scott Rivera. Or Scott Turner and said, this is going to be our quarterback. And Scott Turner's offense is much more designed for a quarterback that as much as he's limited is more like Taylor Heineke. Look at the quarterbacks that you have. You have Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell, Carson Wentz. Two of the three are similar. One of them is the odd man out. Which one's the odd man out? The one that was forced to be the starter on Scott Turner. And when you have a coach and, a, and, a, and a, we would all love to say, be a professional, be a grown up and scheme for the quarterback you have, not the quarterback you want. But we're also all human beings. And when you are a coach in the National Football League and you've worked your way up to the highest level and all this other stuff, and you get forced to go with an asset that you don't think fits what you're trying to do, there's a part of you that is going to hesitate and resist altering your program because the guy driving it is not the guy you wanted in the driver's seat in the first place. Yeah, I mean, and and essentially, what is that? I mean, that that kind of makes – if all of that is true, right – that kind of makes Scott Turner what a scapegoat, right? I mean, to I, a certain extent, yeah. I mean, look, there, there's the other side of the argument could be, well, Scott Turner, you work for Ron Rivera. Ron told you that this is our quarterback. Make right. a scheme that fits that quarterback. So do your right. job and do it. So I don't say anybody's a, a scapegoat legitimately. I just say, you know, this goes back to. The, I mean, we've already brought up the Buccaneers, and I see somebody in the chat bringing up Jameis Winston. Uh, Dirk Cutter, when he was the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wanted Marcus Mariota. He didn't want Jameis Winston. Now, Jameis came out in his rookie season, showed some flashes of why he was number one overall pick. Obviously, the Buccaneers aren't going to move away from him in their second year. Obviously, they want as much continuity as they can get for their quarterback because everybody does. So when Dirk Cutter started getting head coaching interviews, they said, you know what? We'll make you the head coach. Lovey Smith, you go out to Illinois and basically married Dirk Cutter to a quarterback he never wanted in the first place. And I will tell you that from the outside looking in, I don't have confirmation of this, but it very much looked like Dirk Cutter really never wanted and never decided to craft his offense around Jameis Winston for the next three years that they were together before Dirk ultimately got fired. Right. I mean, it's got to kind of be the right fit. So as we, you know, again, to me, I think the notion, look, you know that I was against a Carson Wentz trade. I was against a Carson Wentz acquisition. We talked about that way back in February. I, I have not been a fan of Carson Wentz really ever, even when he was, you know, lighten up the NFL, I still had significant questions. But that being said, I think it's too rich and and too um, front-running, if you will, for lack of a better term, to say, well, it all went wrong or mostly went wrong the day they made that move. Now, one thing I will say, whatever happened leading up to this, where I think this season spiraled out of control, and it's easy for me to say this, is You know, David, we were both at MetLife Stadium in early December 
The Commanders were up 10 to nothing, and they had won, I think, uh, what, five, four in a row, at, uh, or they had won four out of five or five out of six or whatever it was, and they were in total control of their destiny, and they were up 10 nothing, and they were looking for more. And then it all unraveled from there at MetLife Stadium, and they tied yeah. the New York Giants in a game that, they, quite honestly, they should have won, at least in my opinion, and they should have won it and could have won it in overtime. We don't have to revisit the semantics, but to me, that's the turning point of the season. That's where everything went wrong. Yes, that was with Taylor Heineke, at quarterback. And yes, of course, it's easy to say, well, when Ron went back to Carson Wentz, I think it started from there when they blew that opportunity to win that game. And as we know, yeah. one game, one game could have been the difference and might uh -huh. have been the difference in them making the playoffs and not making the playoffs and certainly having nothing to play for in week 18 against the Dallas Cowboys. So to me, I'm going to simplify it and say, yeah, a lot of things led to it. But that one day at the MetLife Stadium, when they had a 10 nothing lead in the first quarter against the Giants and blew it and then blew it again in overtime, that's where everything went wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, with Carson was trade, notwithstanding, like this team still could have and should have arguably been a playoff team mm -hmm. despite the trade being made. Uh, and I know there's a lot of confusion. Look, here's what I'll say about the, the – so first of all, the the reporter or the the quote of uh, Scott Turner not being on board with Carson once came from Ben Standing again of The Athletic. Uh, it's, it's Ben Standing Day here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Um, doing like great work that. there. And, you know, so there's some people who say, did Dan want Carson? Did Ron want Carson? Look, here's what I'll say. Ron, Chris, you know this. Ron stood up on the table for Carson all season long with us and said, I'm the one who brought him in. I'm the one who said this guy's the guy. I'm the one who did this. Now, did Dan behind the scenes say something and push him into it? Possibly. Right. But I will just say Ron forward facing in the public said he is the guy that he picked. He's the QB one. Never gave him competition, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So uh, it and is what it is. Either way, Scott Turner, again, being saddled with a quarterback he doesn't want. You know, again, there's there's two ways you look at that. It's it's not fair to the offense coordinator. To do that, but also at the same time, office coordinator, be a professional and craft an offense right. for the guy that you have. I would agree with both sides, honestly. So it is, you know, just kind of an is what it is moment. But like you said, this team's still a playoff team, even with that move. Absolutely. And and we see you guys in the comment section, Matthew and Alonzo and Joe. You know, we understand, like, we're, we're not saying that we absolutely definitively know whether it was Dan's call or Ron's call. Ron has said over and over and loudly said it in Chicago after week six that it yeah. was his decision that you know whatever hey ron's a grand poobah of the organization i'm gonna assign it uh to ron the question is is what to me more what scott turner's role in it was as opposed to dan snyder but that's neither here nor there either way we're gonna come on back mm -hmm. and tell you how you can win because the commanders rarely do at fedex field <laughs> but you can't do it when we'll answer that question plus a couple of divisional picks uh, for the playoffs. But first, guys, this episode brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. That's right. If you're looking for a delicious treat instead of a bag of chips this weekend for the NFL Divisional Playoffs, we have the suggestion for you, the perfect suggestion, and it's healthy for you. And it's our friends at Built Bar. That's right. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. Perfect for dessert, a meal replacement. Perfect for football. And speaking of perfect, how about peanut butter brownie? Oh, it's perfection personified. Coconut almond, churro, mm, so good. 
only about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, whopping 17 grams of protein in most bars. And now, guess what, guys? We normally tell you, you can go to Built.com to get your orders, and you got to wait and all that stuff. But now, you can go to your local Walmart or your local Sam's Club, run on in, pick up a four-bar box or a 13-bar box at Sam's Club, Get whatever kind of flavors you want, brownie butter, uh, brownie batter, I should say, churro, coconut puffs, double chocolate, cookies and cream. Oh, it's all there for you. And you are going to be one happy camper. And you can thank us later. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, we all know the Washington Commanders did not do nearly enough winning in FedEx Field, in the confines of FedEx Field during the 2022 NFL season. Hopefully more to come with a brand new offensive coordinator and a new starting quarterback for the season, whether it's Sam Howell uh, or not. Whoever starts week one will, will, I'll say most likely, be different than who uh, started week uh, one of last season. Actually, with the Scott Turner revelation, I'll say it's absolutely going to be somebody different. That's a whole other discussion. We will get it further into the quarterback search as we get more into this offseason. But first, guys, FedEx Field has opened a sports book. So even if the commanders aren't winning, you can go win. And uh, something, Chris, that is is growing in popularity. I write a game-by-game uh, betting line article for Inside the Wizards about whoever the Washington Wizards and is the, the same game props. Uh, and I will say, the Inside the Wizards same game prop line that I dropped had two plus 244 odds, which means if you bet 100 and you hit it, you win $244. You turn 100 into almost $400. It hit, by the way. I'm not saying I'm a genius. I'm just saying I got that one right. Um, these in-game parlays and these in-game bets, Chris. I mean, I could you you could see somebody like two-minute warning in the second half. Washington's up or down three, whatever it is. The line on them winning the game changes based on what's happening in the in the real game. They go to the FedEx sportsbook. Maybe they make themselves some money. It could be it could be a lot of fun. It could also be a little bit dangerous. So please be responsible if you're going to participate. Yeah, here's the thing. You know, there's all sorts of restrictions, so you're going to have to check out all the rules and, and and all that. I've heard a bunch of different things in terms of what's allowed, what's not allowed. But more importantly, this is an extra revenue stream for the commander's organization uh, that, you know, quite honestly, David, d- I mean, just by sheer nature, they've seen their fan base go from 91,000 in terms of attendance 10 years ago to 51,000 a year ago. And sure, it was up this year. It was the third highest jump in terms of percentage, up 10 plus percent. They did a bunch of different things, but they need as much revenue to come through that building and that location as much as they can. So whether it's on game day or whether it's on a Monday or Wednesday, you can go to lunch, you can go to dinner, you can watch games, you can watch you know, other sports, you can watch the NFL on Thursday night, Monday night, so, what have you. Uh, obviously, again, there will be game day restrictions and game day guidelines that are different than any other day. So go, again, check it out on the commander's site. But I think this is an important day. To, if you think about, right, some of the things we talk about with, with Dan Snyder, he doesn't have or he's thought to ha- not have as much 
in terms of liquid cash as other owners do for yeah. signing bonuses and to be aggressive and competitive. If that's true, and again, that's an if, and if he's the owner for however many months he is, this might be an extra revenue source and stream that the organization can then justify going out and being a little splashier in free agency, especially with Carson Wentz's numbers coming off the book. So that's the real fit. That's the intriguing thing uh, for me. Plus, it makes it gives commanders fans maybe an extra opportunity to be more invested in the in the building and to not think, oh, FedEx field, boy, we're stuck with this place. There's nothing good about it. Hey, you know what? It might not be the best game day experience, but maybe on a Tuesday afternoon, if you knock off early, it's a good place to go for happy hour and a meal and yeah. to lay down some money. So I think it's well, a good thing for the commanders. Yeah. And, and we all know too, the DMV is a melting pot, right? There's people from all over, you know, living in the DMV, especially in, in the immediate DC area. It's, it's a place that, you know, a fan of the bears can go and, and hang out, watch sports and, yeah. and do things. And look, if this goes well, Again, there's a new stadium complex that's going to get built somewhere someday at some point. And this goes well, it might inspire them to do it. It's obviously going to transfer. Maybe they do it even bigger mm-hmm. and it's even nicer and it's an even better spot for football fans to go. But uh, no doubt, Chris, with all the what ifs, there's a whole lot of maybes and could be's. And maybe Brian Greasy gets his shot to be an offensive coordinator after one year of being a quarterback coach. That would be a lot of fun to watch. Um, for everybody else, it's business as usual per Jason Wright, the uh, president of the Washington Commanders. Yeah, and and it should be business as usual. I mean, le- whether it is or it isn't, I mean, that's what they're going to say. They're going to they're not going to say, no, guys, you know what? Like, we've got the clamps on us. We can't spend a dime. So forget about it. They're not going to say that. So whether it's true or not, you hope that business is indeed as usual. And I, I believe largely it will be. I mean, I'm sure it's complicated because – there is this cloud hanging over, but in some ways, I, I just know this in talking to somebody very, very, very high up in the chain a couple of weeks ago at FedEx Field, um, the sense that I got was exactly what Jason is saying and that yeah. they're not going to be paralyzed or punished because Dan Snyder is, again, trying to sell the team. Um, right. Obviously, we will continue to warrant those developments. But David, a couple of quick divisional playoff picks because, of course, the Commanders are not playing this weekend, but that doesn't mean we don't have good quality playoff football. These lines, courtesy of Bet Online, Jacksonville at Kansas City, the Chiefs nine-point favorites, the over-under 52, and the Giants and the Eagles in an NFC East Division special. The Eagles minus 7.5, over-under 47.5. David, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs, and I've got the Giants as my two picks, Giants plus the seven and a half, Chiefs minus the nine. Who you got? So that's against the money line or the uh, the spread or against the yeah, money line? Yeah, I'm going to. No, I'm going to go against the spread. I'm against sorry. I, 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 I kind of uh, I, I said I should say straight up. I've got the Chiefs and I've got the Eagles, but I don't yeah. feel great about the Eagles. Yeah, straight up. I'm going Chiefs and Eagles. And honestly, so I've actually got a four game parlay against Ooh. the spread on all these games, Attaboy. which means I'm probably going to lose all my money. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs by nine. I am taking that line Chiefs by nine and I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles by seven and a half. All right. That makes sense. And Sunday's action should be a doozy as well. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills in the game that we didn't really Get to see because of the tragedy with DeMar Hamlin. The Bills at home favored by five and a half over under 49. And then the Cowboys and the 49ers finish it off at Levi Stadium Sunday evening. 
49ers and Brock Purdy minus four and 46 and a half is the line there. I've got straight up, I've got the Cincinnati Bengals winning on the road, uh, therefore covering the plus five and a half. Yep. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the 49ers, but I'm gonna say the Cowboys cover mm. and it's a three-point game, but I, I'm gonna pick the 49ers to win. Got you. So yeah, I'm go- I'm going Niners money line and with the points. I'm taking the, the Niners by four in my parlay, and I am taking the Bengals plus the five and a half. So if uh, if look if the Bills win by three, all right, we'll, we'll be okay. Money line, I would still go Bengals. To be quite honest with you, which right. is why obviously if I'm going to go Bengals money line, there's no reason not to to take the points along uh, with it in my in my parlay. That is just doing right. a straight up against the spread parlay. I don't know. Felt a little bit creative. Wanted to. It's to celebrate the new sportsbook one to hit all of them against the spread. I like so I've got it. Bengals there as well. I like it. Uh, as you know, I was Daddy Warbucks last weekend uh, in the NFL uh, Super Wild Card round. Uh, I won two hundred and fifty dollars on the Jaguars on Saturday night on Bet Online. Yeah, that's a I, good bet. And then I came back with a couple of multiple bets against the Cowboys. I did not win that as much, but I did win uh, on the Cowboys against uh, the Buccaneers. All right, shout out to uh, Johnny as well who uh, joined the fray here. Uh, he's optimistic about the offseason. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, uh, everyone that's been in the chat for this live broadcast and whether you're listening live or watching live or listening or watching uh, on uh, not delay, but at a different time. We appreciate all of you uh, for being with us and for caring about the team and supporting the show and supporting our sponsors. It's very important to us and we appreciate you one and all. Thanks again for making us and the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or view of the day. Now make your second listen and view the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports. Locked On Sports Today provides them for you. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hop in, it's Locked On Washington Commanders at gmail.com or hit us up on DM at at LO Commanders, at LO Commanders. Of course, David on Twitter, at DHarrison82, me at WrestleMania621, so you can be a part of the show. We will be back next week with more on the offensive coordinator, the ownership search, and a, we will start our position-by-position position review for the 2022 season. Thanks again for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.